Good morning. Welcome to the Dead 3 Coaching Podcast. I'm your host and coach, George Evian, and I, again, appreciate all the support that people have been giving to us and the people that have been reaching out to me and supporting the podcast. It is definitely noticed and recognized and appreciated. And I'm just going to say this again. I don't know if I'll say this every time we kick off an episode, but we are on chapter one. We are on chapter one, page 23 of your new book of the um, titled 2024 uh, book that you're creating. So I, I hope that it's going well for you 23 days in. I hope you're having an awesome start to your year. At some point, you stop saying um, Happy New Year. I think I said that in the last podcast. If you are one of the few, meaning there's only one or two of you, or maybe it's me hitting a refresh, that do watch this on YouTube. You're going to see the big ass calendar behind me. It looks nice. It's got a lot to fill in. It's a lot of basketball so far in the first three months, but is uh, it's it's got you know a website and it's got a ways of the of working and things to consider and how you plan your week and your year and your days and what's important to you, all this sort of stuff. And um, I, I, I purchased the big ass calendar, um, you know, probably somewhere in mid December, late December, somewhere around the holidays, possibly. Um, and they were so backlogged and backed ordered on that thing that I did not end up getting it until mid January. So filling that out, spending time with that literally every day, there's a lot to do there. There's still a lot to accomplish. There's some things I want to get into today. Um, and again, we really appreciate the support. I'm going to say this, this is the only plug that we'll do. Um, what I'm asking for is for you to go into Spotify. If this is where you are viewing it, and most of you are, you also seem to be using Apple, um, you know, iCloud or however Apple uses it um, to consume this content. And the numbers are going up, and it has been a great start to the year. We've already beat every single month from last year, uh, which is great. Uh, but go click subscribe, please. There's a subscribe button. There's a follow button. There's a I like button, whatever it is. I think in, in Spotify, it is follow. So please go click that button. Do me that favor. It takes you a minute just to click that button uh, and, or tap that button. And uh, it really does help me out and grows the audience quite a bit. That's the only thing I'm really asking of you as we get going. So we're going to start. And I don't know where this is going to go. Many of my podcasts, I do have an idea. There is a story to tell. The last, the last, a year ago, we started this January 3rd in 2023. We've done podcasts for quite a while. We had the old out from the cube. We called it leading from the arch. We had guest people on from, from um, Jason Wells to uh, Joe Quinn. And then we had a number of guests on the old podcast. So in that, that episode, I mean, did we get to 160 or 150 of those things? And now we've rebranded this a year ago to just be the dead three coaching leadership development podcast. It has done very well uh, as the other one, older ones did. Um, but the first one we did back on January 3rd, I believe was called, you know, well, one, it was just an introduction, maybe the one that we did last year. I'm not, I, I'm circling back on that now. I don't think it was the first one we did, but it was just called leading with belief. And, and I was really bent on that idea. And maybe it was at me. You know, a lot of this and these ideas 
come from my observations, things I'm struggling with, things I'm learning, things I want to incorporate, things I'd like to do to better be a better leader, both professionally and with the athletic teams that I work with. So I'm always on this introspective and being becoming more self-aware of what I'm doing, where I'm at, and how I can be better. But really, and I just want the teams I work with professionally and off hours with athletes to literally have the best experience they could possibly have and to be the best they could possibly be. I was listening to Ed Milet on these morning walks I'm taking now, although it's been a while since I've done it, although I did do it this morning. But as I'm listening to Ed Milet, and, and I talk about him a fair amount because that's the content I consume the most. And he was talking about really understanding your purpose and your why. And I know that we go through this. Like, I understand that. I cannot even begin to tell you how important that is, though. Your purpose and your why and what I, I can't even begin to tell you how important understanding that is and being absolute have have absolute self-awareness in your purpose and your why. And I know those are buzzwords. And I know Simon Sinek in the book, it all starts with your why. And I know, I just know that maybe we get crushed with that so much that it's just garbage now and that we don't even pay notice to it. But I've had so many conversations over the last week where the word and phrase and objective of why has bubbled up and purpose. And I'm dealing with it now personally, as I carve out and fill up the big ass calendar behind me on my purpose, my why, my what, my who, like all these sort of things on how I can have a great year, how I can get a business going, how I can get my teams going. I was with, uh, but to circle back to the Ed Milet thing, that he was talking about the why and the purpose and all this stuff that, that you all know about, but but needs more attention. And that's at me. That's directed at me, not you, but take it if you need it. But he was talking about, you know what? There's people, he was, he said it without saying the name. He was like, there's, he coaches highly elite people where I bet you it's millions to even get in the door to have him coach you. He's that good. And he's that sought after. And he probably commands and demands that much. And he says, I'm working with somebody that everybody knows. And it, it, somebody in the entertainment industry, and he said their purpose, their why, and what drives them is, I want to be famous. And they make no bones about it. It's not to do world hunger. It's not to be in the community. It's not to work with homeless. It's not to do cancer research. It's none of that. I want to be famous, is what the, he said about this lady without giving her the name. Then the other person, that he was talking about says, Hey, I want to be able to, I forget the charity. I mean, you know, my purpose is to work with homeless people. That wasn't what she said, but it was something like that. And as he worked with her, he was like, or maybe it was impact. Maybe it wasn't a specific charity. It was just something she wanted to do. Impact contribution in certain areas, whatever it is. But as he worked with her, he cornered her and he was like, listen, I understand that you're, you're disguising it as this, but really your why is to be famous. And this was a totally separate person. But what he acknowledged about those people is it's okay. It's okay to have those as a why. Don't shy away from it. Own it. 
There are going to be people out there that say, hey, you're doing this for the wrong reasons, et cetera. But you've got to know your why and, and why you're moving forward and all that. And, and I bring that up because I'm sitting around saying with these teams I work with and starting to figure out my why and all that. And I've brought it up on this podcast before. Like, I just want to have an impact. I was with a team today that is just getting to know me. I was very upfront with them. And I said, I want this team, this group, this these individuals to literally be the best in the entire company. I want them to be received, recognized, acknowledged, uh, displayed as being the absolute best team. They, and we call it a train, a train, this train in the company. Like, And I'm not apologizing for that. So what do we need to do? And then that's my purpose. My, like, I want them to be great. I want to have an impact. I want to motivate. I want to inspire. I want to coach. I want to get people to the next level. Like, that's all I care about. And so now my decisions moving forward are built around that purpose, that why, and that 10X that, that I've talked about the last few episodes. But you've got to know your purpose moving forward. And it, this wasn't really the start of all this. Uh, of what I was thinking about when we built, uh, when we started the podcast nine minutes ago. And I, 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 I'd suggest this to you. I do a lot of suggestions. I said to the same team this morning, like I have no answers. And I think it's okay to say that. I have no answers. And I stole this probably from Simon Sinek. I have no answers. What I have is a point of view and a perspective. It's up to you to take the suggestion. Now, if I'm a decision maker, I'm rolling. Like, this is what we're doing. Here's why it's important. I'm going to take all the feedback on the decision I'm about to make to see if I've uncovered everything, to see if I can get buy-in and alignment and clarity for everybody I'm working with. But at the end of the day, I'm making decisions and we're going and hopefully it's the right decisions and here's the answer. But right now we're just like, hey, I just got a point of view. I'm offering suggestions. My suggestion to you and my point of view to you because what I'm going to write down in my notebook today is Get really laser locked in and focused on your why. Why why we're doing all this, why we are. And, and I'm learning more about this uh, with these books I'm reading in the year that I've started for myself. And let me just say this. Let me give you a life hack here. I shared this with some people the other day. You're, you're 23 pages in, whether you like it or not, man. It could be a bullshit story at this point, or you could be sitting there saying, man, this is the best 23 days we've had. And I, chapter one's amazing. And I can't wait to see what chapter 12 is going to be all about. And I'm ready for the grind. I'm ready to live it. I'm ready to live this purpose and my goals and my, uh, like, I'm ready. I get it. And hopefully you're not 23 days in saying, shit, this is the worst book I've ever read. But then if that is you, if you have made it 23 days and you're listening to this podcast, man, there are, there are 11 other chapters to go, man. And you are the hero of your story. And you've got an opportunity to turn this around, create your whys, create your action items, create your daily habits and routines. And you've got an, you've got an opportunity to turn this shit around and just be amazing in 2023. And I hope that is you. I hope that continues to be me. Like I'm like, I'm super jacked about my 23 days in chapter one, but I'm telling you, it's not everything it could have been, which maybe I'm then I'm just setting the table for chapter two. But let me give you what has worked for me. Let me give you the one big takeaway for me for 2024, 23 days in. One of my goals without question was to one, reformat my mornings. 
And you've all, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I have bitched and moaned about my pot, about my mornings and how that sets your day up. Now I've got next to me here, if you're watching on YouTube, I've got all these books here of Len Coney's The Advantage and 10X is Easier Than 2X and Think Like a Monk and the others, The Subtle Art of Not Giving Up but, and then Feel Good Productivity, all that. Those are the books I'm rolling through. And almost all these books have talked about your morning routine on how you start your day with less stress and more clarity and more alignment and more positivity and how that then goes through everything that you need throughout the start of your day, through, through, throughout your whole day. You bookend your days. And my bookend, I'm just telling you, we've talked about it. My bookend to start all of my days for the past number of years has been a hot cup of coffee and Instagram and Twitter and the news. I don't see any of that other than the hot cup of coffee as being positive and starting and framing my day. So now what I elected to do, and I appreciate my friend, Brad Bryan, who listens to the podcast, who is a, who's a big shot up up at lifetime fitness. Like don't, you can't, you can't just roll out and do it all because you're going to, you'll mess it up. Incremental changes. And I know this stuff. We're not all David Goggins. We're not all David Goggins. If you are listening to this, and I know my audience, we're not David Goggins, although we would love to be, but we're not him. And it's going to be hard to be him. So who can we be? And we can just be, we're in the 80 trying to get out. We're in the 80. You're in the 80. And it's okay. So instead of doing 12 things with my morning to, re, re, uh, to revamp my morning, all I have done is every Monday, I add something new. So it just so happens that January 1st was a Monday, and my first thing was no news. And I was probably sitting on the couch with SportsCenter on. At least it wasn't news. And I was scrolling through Instagram, and I was drinking my coffee. Then week two rolls around. Then it was um, reading. First thing is reading. I'm not against the social media at this point, but I said, hey, if anything, when I sit down, I can turn on SportsCenter, no news, but I'm now stacking reading first. So now every morning I'm reading. Week three, planning after reading, getting my daily planner out, planning my day, reviewing my day. I do plan my weeks on Sunday nights. I plan my continue to groom my weeks Monday through Friday. But then if it's Monday, if it's Tuesday, I'm sitting down and planning my day, knowing where I need to be, what I need to do, what I'm going to accomplish. And at the start of my planner for every week in my planner is a list of gratitudes. So now every morning when I do my planning, it's also coupled with writing down from the previous day, oops, excuse me, from the previous day, what I was grateful for. Yesterday, sat down at the, uh, the the island in the kitchen and spent about 45 minutes with my stepdaughter studying science for a science exam today. And I hope we get a good grade on that because we worked hard on that last night. I was ready to take that exam. I know all about uh, cell structure and shell separation or whatever it's called. I was, I'm ready to crush that exam. So hopefully she is as well. So that was what I was grateful for. We got to spend time together while my wife cooked, my daughter and I, stepdaughter and I, we, we, we crammed for a, a science exam. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that experience and for that opportunity and, and, and super grateful for it. So 
Now, you know, but I, I say this because now I'm revamping my, my whole thing for the first quarter, Q1, was to have a great morning. So we're talking about breathing. Like, I'm just telling you what's on my to-do list as it relates to my mornings. No news, no social media, reading, planning, meditating, breathing, eating, running, weights. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to do And a weights that, like, running, weights, eating, like, all of this sort of stuff isn't like a 45-minute I'm grinding it out trying to look like the rock at 50 years old. It's just small little incremental things. Do a little bit here, do a little bit more, do a little bit more. And all I'm saying is I'm 23 days in and my morning looks considerably different than it did 24 days ago. And it looks better than it did a week ago. And I'm starting to feel good about it. And my mornings are now parlaying me into a great day. So here's the life hack though. All that, like I'd encourage you to consider that. That's just what I'm doing. The second thing, and what I'm trying to figure out is how from 5 to 7 a.m. looks different, two hours, or four to six. I'm just trying to figure out how the first two hours of my day looks different and better, and how I can stack my great mornings into great days, into a great chapter, into a great book of 2024. So here's my life hack, though. This is, this is one thing I have done that has been absolutely significant over the last 23 days. And then I'm going to get into my story and the whole purpose of this, although it'll be really short, we won't get through our five bullet points here. But let me just tell you what I've done that is significant. I wanted to read. I wanted to start getting through these books. I wanted, like, I'm the king of like 10 pages a day, 10 pages a day. Well, a 200, 300, 400 page book's going to take me forever to get through at 10, 10 pages a day. And I'm like, what am I doing? One book every month, month and a half? Like that wasn't good enough for me. I wanted to knock this stuff out, create momentum, get these things done, get as much content and knowledge as I can from these books and have great internal conversations about the content of these books with myself and how I can then position them to myself, to my family, to my work so I can get better. So I started with The Advantage by Lennon Coney and I was rolling through this and just being honest, I started that book in November and it was still wasn't done. So then I listened to a podcast on my morning walk from Ed Milet, and he interviewed a guy I've talked about before named Dr. Benjamin Hardy. And I was fascinated by this guy and his PhD work and everything he's done in studying how to 10X your goals and 10X your life. And to go from accomplishing simple goals that we can all knock out in one year to 10Xing it to go from 100,000 to a million. But as I was listening to the podcast, I started listening to his own podcast. And what he said in his own podcast, it was a short podcast, 15 minutes. And I was going on my walk and I was, you know, here in, in the St. Louis area, St. Charles area. And he said something that caught my eye it was a podcast that said, you know, uh, his reading routine or something like that. And the first thing he said was every year I read about 140 books is what he said. And that caught my attention. And then he went on to talk about how he does that and how he then can comprehend most of what he's reading out of those 140, 140 books a year. Like I would, I would love that. Now, this guy is probably a millionaire. All he does is run his own business. 
reading books as part of his business, getting content as part of his business, speaking about the content as part of like, I get all that. Like that, the, the, the dude, the gentleman's got some time to figure this all out. I'm also working. The first thing he said, and this is what has been impactful to me into reading and, and retaining is get the book, but get, get it on an audiobook. Now that might seem super simple to you all, but I took these books, The Advantage, 10X is Easier, Think Like a Monk, Feel Good Productivity. I have the physical books. And now I have the audio book as well. So it's not the best thing in the world because I'm buying the book twice. But for the short term, I'm cool with that until I figure out a strategy, how to really recall, take notes and about an audio book that I'm listening to in the car. Because I'm very much a note taker, having it in front of me, reference, et cetera. But so far for the first five books, I've got the physical book. But what I do is I sit down every morning now with my hot cup of coffee. And the first thing I do is read. So this morning when I woke up with my hot cup of coffee, I put the earphones in. I was on page 120. I press play and then I two exit. So the dude is talking fast. And I just start starring things, underlining things. And now I'm reading 100 pages in about 30, 40, 45 minutes. Now I'm just crushing books. So now I'm at book five and we're 23 days in. The advantage, 10X is easier than 2X. Think like a monk. Subtle art of not giving a fuck. And feel good productivity, which I've got done in three days. So I'm like knocking a book out every three or four days. So I'm just giving you a perspective on what processes are working for me. And I know that's 21, but that's been impactful. So the purpose of this podcast is to get us better and to move the needles and to get out of the 80. And uh, what, the, how do you change what's going on? How do you get better with what you're doing? It's two things. And there's probably many other things, right? That sounds weird. There's two main things. And I will add a third to that in a second. The books you read and the people you meet. Meet as many people as you can. Strike up as many conversations as you can. Connect with as many people as you can. You don't know the one. You don't know that one person you're going to connect with that gives you the, the counsel you need, the advice you need, the content you need, the friendship you need, the whatever. To give you this example, I used to just go bonkers on LinkedIn connecting with people and then really trying to connect with them. Like, like, like I would just sit there, connect, connect, connect. I know that's not the intent of LinkedIn. But I kept doing that. And then I reached out to people that had the same interests as me that were I was connected with. And I reached out to a gentleman named Ed Molitor. And Molitor now is one of my best mentors that is not just an online mentor who is now a phone call in person. Hey, what are you doing on Saturday? I'm about to give you a call and let's talk mentor. Get connected with people, books you read and the people you meet. I'm consuming all these books. The third pillar I would put in there now is just podcasts content, YouTube. Those are the things that will change you in 2024. So meet people, consume content, read books. So those have been boulder, stone, moving things for me in 2024. I would, so this is the call to action. Reach out to me. If you know me and you know my cell, text me. Tell me what is working for you. Let me just lead, let me pivot off of that. 
keep hitting my mic here. Let me pivot off of that just for a second. I'm going to go back to leading with belief because this really has been so on top of my mind in 2024. And the type of leader I am, the type of person I am, the type of parent I am, and all of that. I'm watching an interview the other day. So listen, Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, and Pete Carroll all stopped coaching at their respective programs all within 24 hours of one another, and they all happen to be about 72. 72 years old. Three of the best coaches, definitely two of the best coaches ever to coach. Belichick and Saban, you could say, are the two best coaches ever to coach that game. They're in the top five. And Pete Carroll is top 10, top 15, top 20. So you have these three guys all stop coaching within 24 hours of one another. And they're all looking for another job other than Saban. You want to know your purpose, your why, your drive, your ambition, your goals, your routine, like all that. Belichick at 72, six Super Bowl wins, is trying to find his next job, his next challenge. Because you know what? When you stop coaching, you know, that's a that's a tough gig. Like when you stop losing, the, when you've lost the passion, when you when you don't have a team to coach anymore, you know, this is a longer story, and I'll make it real brief. We will get into this thing of belief that and what triggered this. A long time ago, when I was coaching college basketball at a small college in Michigan, I walked into the Detroit practice, the Detroit Pistons practice facility, and it was training camp. Colleges weren't allowed to practice yet. So I walked in there and I was a regular at the Pistons practices. I knew the coaches there. I knew the general manager there. I was a regular. I'd show up with my notebook. I was probably 25, 26 years old. And I just took notes that I still have in my basement here of everything the Pistons were doing when they won a world championship with Chauncey Billups and Flip Saunders and uh, was the coach at one point. Larry Brown was the coach when they won it. I was there for all that. Not all the time, but I was there. And when I walked in, there was it was a who's who at one point of Carolina people and college coaches and all that. It's a longer story, but but essentially what happened is George Carl, who was out of coaching at the time, sat next to me. And George Carl is, I think, a Hall of Fame coach now, but I grew up in Seattle where George Carl was the head coach of the Seattle Supersonics for a long time, the best coach they probably ever had in Seattle, played in the NBA Finals against Jordan's Bulls in 1996. And he was a coaching hero of mine. And he walked in and sat down right next to me. And I was like, oh, this, this is cool. We got to know each other. We spent some time together. There's a longer story to all that. We ended up spending the whole week together. I picked him up at the hotel, carted him around, took to the piston practice, went to lunches with him, went to dinners with him, him and some other coaches. And, and it was one of the coolest weeks I've had. When we went out to lunch at Old Knapp's Dairy Bar in downtown Rochester Hills, Michigan, he sat there and teared up. And he was in his 60s. And he got emotionally choked up. because he And he looked at me eating a shake, got choked up, started to get very emotional. 
And he said, George, this is the first time in my life I don't have a team. And I'm struggling with it. And that impacted me to this day, you know, 25 years later that I still recall that story. And I bring that up because Belichick, Saban, Pete Carroll don't have a team for the first time in a long time. And that is difficult. And Belichick and Carroll are hunting for their next team because not being a part of it, not coaching, not leading, not improving, not compete, like all that people struggle with. It's the first time in my life I don't have a team. And that's rough. Let me tell you the story and then we'll call it quits. And I want to just, because I want to just give you one thing. Hopefully we've given you many things, but I want to give you one thing. And when they were talking about and all this is just to set the table for Belichick is gone. And I believe, I don't believe this to be an interview that has happened recently, but I believe it to be an interview after Tom Brady had left New England and maybe after he had retired, but they asked Tom Brady about Bill Belichick. He got emotional. And he said, listen, and I'm not going to get this exactly right, but you'll understand the point of what he was saying. But he essentially said he's everything. He came, he being Belichick, he and Tom Brady saying this, Tom Brady said he came into the league at the same time I came into the league. I was a six-round draft pick. He was fighting to uh, survive. He was going to be fighting to survive in the league. He needed a quarterback. He was trying to build the program and all that. And essentially what he said was, I got drafted as a six-round, but I had a guy that believed in me. He said, I got into the right environment with the right coach, with the right coordinators, with the right um, with the right owner. I got into the perfect scenario, but more than anything, that guy, Belichick, believed in me. And then he needed me because Bledsoe went down in, a, in an injury and Brady went from like fourth string the third string, the second string to being the backup, being the second string to now starting and then winning a Super Bowl and then being the guy. But he said at the end of the day, he is everything to me because I got into the right situation with somebody that believed in me. And he said, if I had gone to any other program, you may not ever know who Tom Brady is. And he said that. He got into the right environment, the right situation with a coach that believed in him. And he said, if I had gone anywhere else, now you could say, maybe he would say that he is Tom Brady with the work habits, with the routine, with the competitiveness, with the chip on his shoulder being a six round that no matter where I went, I was going to kill it. But he actually had the coach. He had all of that in him, but he also had a coach that believed in him. So what if you roll to an organization where they don't believe in you? They don't think you, what if you have all that chip on a shoulder, skill, routine, habits, confidence, work ethic, work desire, work habits, all that, but they don't believe in you and they never believe in you. Start losing that purpose, that why, that ambition, that desire, those goals, and you start, and you got to find another place. All I'm saying with all of this is be the leaders that believe, be the leaders that know the sacrifice that your team athletically or not, is putting in to be great. Acknowledge, recognize it. Continue to focus them on their why. Everything you're doing, hey, right now, we don't need X, Y, and Z. I know you're not contributing at the level that you want to contribute, but the opportunity is going to come. 
And when that opportunity is there, you will be ready. I believe in you. You're not a six-round pick. Everybody jack this up. And we're going to fix it, and you're going to be great, and I believe in you, and I know all the work you're putting in. It's not It's not that it's not important. It's not. It is developing you. It is hardening you. You will be ready. Like, what's it take to do that? Now, if you're a knucklehead, and if you're not working hard, and if you don't have goals and ambitions and dreams and desires, and you're just sitting there saying, hey, give me the opportunity, and I'll show you my work. Coaches will say, you show me the work, and we'll create the opportunities. That's what Brady did, but he had the coach that believed him. You would not know who Tom Brady is had he not landed with Bill Belichick. That is a professional example. That is a professional call to you all with your professional teams. Believe in your people. That is a call to you athletically as athletic leaders. Guarantee you have a Tom Brady in your program. Now, six Super Bowls, you know, whatever it is, I understand, right? But you have somebody that has greatness in them. That may be a freshman, may be grinding, may need you to just put sit there and put your arm around him and say, man, I believe in you. You are great. And just keep grinding. And I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. What's the, we've talked about belief for a while now. We're going to wrap this up in about a minute and a half, but. What's the first thing Ted Lasso did? The first thing Ted Lasso did was put that sign on the wall that says, I believe. I believe in myself. I believe in you. I believe in the process. I believe in the practices. I believe in the drills. I believe in our habits. I believe in our vision. I believe in our ownership. I believe in it all. And let's go. And then to quote um, Ben Newman, and now we go. And now we go. So listen, I know we covered a lot here. I didn't think I would spend that much time on, on the, the year that has started for me. But I'm telling you, I think the things in there that have been gold for me, hopefully will be gold for you. I would, if I could encourage you one, and I don't know, like you, you only you can answer this. So it'd be me encouraging you, but you may not need this. Man, figure out how to start your mornings. Figure out how to start the engine every morning. Figure out what you need to be, to set the table on the day that you can and need to have. And then reframe it. My buddy, Ed Molitor, that I mentioned earlier that I met on LinkedIn, who is now a, a personal mentor of mine, and, you know, and, and his content continues to motivate and inspire me. Inspire me. Um, I saw something he posted the other day where he was speaking to a large group of executives and he was talking about morning routines. And he said, if the first thing you do every morning is grab your phone, then you're going to have a rough day. And he didn't say it that way, but you're going to have a rough day because there's nothing but, now I'm holding my phone up. There's nothing that starts your day with this. You immediately get on somebody else's schedule. You immediately get on the negativity that is out there on social media, answering emails, looking at your work schedule. Instead of sitting there in the morning saying, I'm going to own the next two hours. I'm going to set my day up for what I want it to be. And I'm going to fill my cup right now with positivity, with gratitude, with thankfulness, with, with a game plan for the day that I can be proud of when the day is over. And I'm going to own my mornings with no phone, no social media, with the content I need. And hopefully that impacted you. And then how I do my reading, 
is really built around audiobooks and 2xing that, that time and getting through books, but the content. And there's other things I do to get the, to pull the content out after 2xing it in terms of speed so I can get more out of it. And I'm happy to share that with you. But listen, hit that follow button, share this if you can. Be great. You're 23 pages in. Your, your book is not sideways yet. My book is not sideways yet. And I know at some point in one of these chapters, maybe many of these chapters, this story is going to get sideways. At some point in one of these chapters, on many pages within these chapters, my story is going to get sideways. This book is going to get sideways. But I know it's going to be an amazing book. And I'm working on it. Got my big ass calendar behind me trying to figure out more purpose and goals and habits and routines and things I want to knock out. And my big Masogi to quote Jesse Itzler, my one big thing for this year. There's a lot of, there's a lot to be thankful for, a lot to be uh, thankful for and grateful for. And hopefully, uh, uh, you know, hopefully I can continue to tap into that. Listen, reach out to me on Twitter, on Instagram, on my cell phone, whatever it might be however you can connect with me and let me know what's working for you this year. Have a great rest of your day, rest of the week and the rest of chapter one.